Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Rui and I discuss what the secret is to the new coach's success in round one. Is there such a thing as too much talent in one team? And Rui has his strong say on the Cozzy Pickett and Shane McAdam bumps. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk on this Tuesday. As always, I'm joined by Nick Rewalt. This is where you get your dose of footy, all the interviews analysis from the world of AFL all the way from Houston, Texas. Rui, good morning to you. Uh, good afternoon over there. First of all, I just want to touch on, did I see you at the rodeo? Are you really turning into a full-blown yank going to the rodeo? When in Rome, Joey. When wow. in Rome. You want, to, you want to talk about some tough blokes and, and uh, ladies. Holy moly. The bucking Broncos and the, yeah. uh, the, the bull riding was absolutely unbelievable. Like, we're, we're worried about concussion in our game. They should, yeah. uh, they should come over <laughs> and have a look at this oh. sort of stuff. It was wild, but um, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, young Australian bloke uh, took out the bull riding contest. He, he rode for the full eight seconds, which was pretty cool. 19-year-old Australian bloke by the name of Kai Hamilton. Wow. Um, which was uh, which was awesome, but yeah, like like eighty thousand packed in. They do it for three weeks, so they've got a they've got the radio every night, and then a big country music music artist on afterwards. And uh, yeah, great, awesome fun. Yeah, ate a corn dog, drank a beer, watched the radio. It was oh, good on unreal. you. Unreal. Oh, did you watch great. any AFL? Did you watch any AFL? I did. Then? I did. Yes. I watched the footy. It was uh, it was a what a weekend. How yeah. how good. I'm, I um, I was very jealous. Sort of the Thursday night, the Friday night. The, the build-up to those games is so big, so to, to not be there, yeah, there was a little uh, there was a little hole in me, Joey, missing out. So Jay-Z went with it yesterday. We'll go with it, and I want you off the top. Footy is better when what? Oh, Ross the boss. He's back <laughs> in the game. He, that's, that's just so much better. I mean, his press conferences when we were playing, they were always much must-watch, whether we'd won, whether we'd lost, and then when you moved to Frio. Uh, and so to have, have Rossi back in the game, we – you know, we wondered whether he was going to be a different character. We can't make that call yet because they won. But uh, for me, being able to watch Rossi go about it was uh, was good. What about you, Joey? Footy is better when? When the stadiums are full, when the crowds are back and it was off its head. It, you know, I don't know if you would have heard this, Rue. It was the third biggest round ever in AFL history, not just for round one, ever. Third biggest crowd. So everyone's going to the footy. It's got a lot to do, I think, with the way the footy's being played, and it's gone to another level. Some of the numbers coming through rounds, the ball movement from one end of the ground to the other is, is cranked up again. I think it was almost the second highest um, inside 50 round on record. So everybody's moving the ball inside 50. Footy's better when the crowds are back and the ball's flowing. And I thought it was a, a cracking weekend of footy. You touched on Ross Lyon. I was a little bit flat with his press coverage. He kept it. He played the straight it was, bat. For, it was PG. It yeah, because they PG. won. Yeah, it was because yeah. they won. We yeah. need a way to until they lose and he starts getting a bit annoyed and then he'll throw in a few more round of six. cliches. But round yeah, six, round I reckon. Six round six. Then. But let's, yeah. let's start with the coaches because, amazingly, all four coaches that took over their new clubs and all four took over their clubs for a reason because the clubs were, in some cases, a bit of a basket case and they've all come through with a win. Brad Scott, a win with his first game at Essendon. Our mate Adam Kingsley, a remarkable game and a win for the GWS Giants, come from behind. You touched on Rossi Lyon and then the master, Alistair Clarkson, pulling off a win for the Kangaroos. How did you see it? Because it's it's pretty amazing. You just wonder, don't you, whether the, the, the same voices with the same playing group... It, 
it, it maybe just doesn't have the same level of impact time and time and time again. So for the new coaches, they've got their boys wound up like a top. It's that they, they want to win as much as a playing group do. They they know the importance of getting off to a great start, as does all all eighteen clubs. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was awesome for for all of those guys. They all got it done in different ways, and for me, it really just highlighted the importance of effort because I don't think you know. The Giants facing the deficit they were. Anyone thought they were going to be able to come back and, and find a way to win. And new coach, new game style, new system, all of those excuses. You know, at halftime, you could roll those out. Clarkson with the, with the young boys at North Melbourne. Ro- Rossi Lyon with the Saints. I mean, all of those teams, you could make the argument, they, they had no right to win. But yep. they won They won on effort, which was yep. just, just awesome to see. Yeah, they're, they're the three points I made about the coaches too, Rui. It's pretty obvious and it's not rocket science, but bring a bit of system to the way you play, instill yep. belief in the playing group and then demand effort. And I think the instilling belief is an important part because I think straight away the the um, the history that those coaches have and the respect that, you know, particularly the three that have coached before, but Adam Kingsley fits that box as well because he's been around for so long and been at great clubs automatically the players, you feel drawn to the coach. A bit like we've seen with Carlton, with Michael Voss. There's that element of whatever you say, we will believe you, coach. And and that was obvious in the way they played. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens from here. Is there a little sugar hit early in the season as you touch on fresh voices? I, mean, I think you're right. Like, I think there always is that little bit of a sugar hit. Absolutely. When a new coach comes in, the players are invigorated. But how often do you get a new coach come in that's a full-time premiership coach in Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, and, and I, so I think that's I think that's going to be sustainable. Um, you, you could just hear the way Luke McDonald was talking about the competition amongst the their, their own playing group when there was talk that Clarko was a chance for North, that he was a chance for Essendon and, and a chance for other clubs that, you know, they were desperate. They were absolutely desperate and, and they, they played like it on the weekend. So um, the vision of him walking up and down the sideline, being back in the game, the same with Ross Lyon and the young players down at the Saints in a game that they had no right to win. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was brilliant. I think that, that just, that's absolutely the story from round one. I just wonder. I just wonder whether one of the maybe no, maybe not the Kangaroos leave them out, but Giants St Kilda Essendon, whether one of them with their new coach can do a bit of a Collingwood now, not necessarily get to a prelim, but make finals off the back of a first. Top, like first year coach doing something with this group and elevate them. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the three, when I know everyone's thinking it's no chance, but it happens a lot. New coach, someone always jumps from lower in the ladder into the top eight. I wonder if it's one of those three clubs under a new coach. I, I, I think if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be the Bombers and it's going to be the Giants yeah. because you look yeah. you look at the talent with on, on their list. Like the Bombers, they look like they were having fun again. Like how good was that? That the Bombers, yeah. that they – they enjoyed it. They had the uh, they had the emotional lift from from Davy Junior kicking a goal and Tipper back into the team and kicking a goal. Like they were loving footy again, which was great to see because they got absolutely kicked uh, left and right last year, um, and, and rightfully so. Their form was poor, but they've got talent. The Giants have got talent. Kingsley's a gun. I, I think for St Kilda and, and the Roos, they just got it done on effort. Um, yeah. They don't necessarily have the talent, but but good signs for everyone. And I don't know if you saw first crack Sunday night, Rue, but I went with a stat that I saw our mate Maxie Lawton at Fox roll with. In 28 years, so since 1995, the team that has finished on top of the ladder after round one has only missed the finals once. And Essendon wow. are on top of the ladder. Wow. And you, and you know I'm a bit of a stat and a bit of a trend man. I like to oh, follow yeah, the, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I like to follow <laughs> the trends. It's only happened once that a team has missed oh, out. Was it? Play, it was Brisbane in 2007. 
interestingly. But so anyway, it's just something there. Hey, let's move on. Talking about the Bombers, the sub rule changed this year. It became, uh, for the first time, you could actually use it as a legitimate tactic. I think clubs were using it as a tactical tool anyway, pretending to have injuries. Now they didn't have to feign injuries. It was a pretty nice uh, weekend for it. There was a couple of moments for me that stood out with the, the sub rule. One, Anthony Woody. I thought that was amazing. I mean, for him to come on and kick that goal, the crowd went nuts. I was at that game. It was as loud as I've heard a game when a player's first of all come onto the ground, then when he took his mark, and then when he kicked the goal. That was phenomenal. And the other one that almost worked, Carlton's tactical sub, Lockie O'Brien, coming on in the last quarter for Carlton, the big run down the wing, almost, almost got the victory for the Blues, but just couldn't quite get over the line. Yeah, almost. They should never have played on. What were they thinking? Where's the game awareness from the Blues late in the game? Yeah. That was that was horrific. Uh, it looked yeah. nice having a few bounces down, but <laughs> bad bad call. Uh, and and Tip and Woody, you're right. So it, it's it's a common sense adjustment from the AFL to to bring in the, the the discretion for coaches to be able to pull the trigger on the sub when they like. I'm not sure um, how Tipper would have gone if there was an injury in the first five minutes running running out the game, first game back. So I thought it was a, a very, very uh, smart tactical decision. Uh, clearly, they had the luxury of being a long way up to bring him on when they did. And he's one of the most lovable guys in footy. So to see him uh, not just come back to the game, but 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 play and kick a goal uh, was, was fantastic. A lot, lot, of, yeah. lot of great highlights. After the break, we're going to go real talk, shit talk. We'll be able to tick off on a lot of other topics. But before we go to the break, I want to ask you about the Brisbane Lions. Obviously yeah. the biggest loser of the weekend. Horrible performance. I want to ask you, and I've been thinking about this, and I threw it up with someone. Is there such a thing as having too much talent? On a list. Do you, do you believe uh, in that or do you think, no, nah, no, nah, that's ridiculous, Joe. It could almost be a real talk shit talk. Or is there something in it? Because I'm trying to think of who are the Brisbane Lions players that are the the Grind Myers or Brad Close or Tommy Atkins or, you know, those players for Geelong or Neil Bullen and Spargo or the, or the Jack Graham and Lambert when Richmond were winning their flags because they're stacked with talent in their front half and their midfield in particular. Is that a thing or am I being ridiculous? Yeah, no, you, you, you're spot on. You are. And I think we've seen it before. Because when you when you go back to sort of what were we, 2014, 15, we thought the Giants were going to win the next five flags. That's how chock full of talent they were. But with all with, within that group, all of these top 10 picks, all of these star kids, all of these star players, who wants to chase and tackle as a small forward? Who wants to play a selfless role as a, as a midfielder? So, yeah, you can have too much talent, particularly if culturally – Chris Fagan hasn't had enough time, I think, with that group that is laden with talent to, you know, with, with, with the four extra really good players coming into that team, it'll take a bit of time, I think, for that penny to drop within that group that, hey, you've been running around in the midfield. Well, sorry, Ashcroft is taking a bit of that time now. Dunkley's taking a bit of that time. You're going to have to go to a forward flank and chase and tackle and work for, for a couple of quarters. That adjustment takes time. So, yeah... We saw it with the Giants. You can have too much talent. You need balance. You need role players, and you need everyone buying into that. So it, it might take them a few weeks. I still think they're too good to, uh, to 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 not finish top four this year, though. Yeah, completely agree. But just to watch for them, and maybe a good little uh, kick up the butt for them. Good yeah. time to do it early. Good in the lesson. Year. Good lesson to learn early. Yeah. Better now than late in the season. Hey, good start, Rui. We'll take a break. We're going to go oh, into thanks. real talk, shit talk. You're listening <laughs> to Footy Talk. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button, leave a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime.
You're listening to Footy Talk. You can hit us up if you want to send us a message and also leave us a rating or review if you're on Apple, Spotify or Listener. Here on Tuesdays with Nick Rewalt, we're going to get into our segment, really real talk, shit talk, just some reactions and some comments from uh, the industry over the weekend and we're going to decide whether it's real or bullshit. I'm going to start with you. If the AFL don't appeal the Cozzy Pickett decision, they deserve everything they get litigation-wise. Real. 100% real. He's the luckiest man in Australia, Cozzy Pickett. Two weeks, you must be kidding me. That, that's, I, can't, I couldn't believe that action when I saw it. I mean, that was um, designed to do one thing, and that was to hurt the opposition player in, in a situation where he was completely vulnerable. So, yeah, you're right. If the AFL, I, I would be staggered if the AFL don't appeal it. Um, given all of the hysteria, all of the talk, the fact that the class action has been lodged against the AFL. Now, you can make the argument that you know, everyone has to tackle this issue as an industry, and, and that's absolutely fair. So in this situation, if we're tackling it as an industry, the players, so Cozzy Pickett and, and McAdam and Frank, they've let the industry down. Yep. So we can point the figure at the AFL as well, and, and we should if they don't appeal this because two weeks is, is nowhere near a big enough deterrent. But you've got to point the fingers at the players as well. And I, I think it'd, it'd, it'd be a really good move for Patrick Dangerfield as a, as a president of the AFL Players Association to come out and almost just make a statement on behalf of players that these aren't actions we want in the game. I, I think you need to actually start to exert a little bit of pressure on each other uh, because this this is bygone era stuff. There's a reason we're hearing stories of Darren Jarman and John Barnes and all of these guys at the moment because that's that's the old game. It's hard enough to try and legislate, you know, real um, attempts on the footy when you collect someone in the head out of the game without having to legislate this stuff. So, yeah, they should absolutely uh, appeal it. Um, I've got one for you, Joey. Uh, Nat Fife, is he cooked as a Ford? Should they cancel that experiment right now? No, nah, that's shit talk. That, that is uh, premature talk because, yes, he was ordinary on the weekend, but so were the whole Fremantle forward line. But as you know, Rui, and you used to remind us midfielders, when we were just statting up with some padding, some stats up through the midfield and kicking it around to each other and not giving the forwards a chance, we could make you look ordinary. And that was the case for Fremantle on the weekend. They took 135 marks. They only took eight inside 50. Every time they went inside 50, it was so slow. St Kilda had numbers back. It made Fife look like he he was no good as a forward, but he'll be fine. He's not going to be the an All-Australian forward, but he's certainly going to be a big part of their chances this year by committee. That's, that's a premature call and a bit of shit talk. Hey, right down your wheelhouse with the work that you're doing over in the U.S., should the AFL, when they do their next re- – or should the MCG, I should say, when they do their next renovation in a few years' time, put a roof on the MCG? No, I don't think they should. I don't think they should. I think there's there's a beauty in having the MCG as as the home of footy open to the elements. So I, I, I think it's it's it, it is one of the great stadiums in the world. And then just up the road, you've got you've got an option um, to be able to close the roof. It, I, I quite I quite like the fact that as much as I bemoaned it in 2009 when I woke up in the morning and looked out the window <laughs> and it was hailing and it was coming in sideways. Well, am I going to mark a footy in these conditions? I think there's a beauty in that that you can get um, you can get a grand final of one year to the next look completely different, played in, in different elements. Um, so no, I, I would invest in in something else uh, and leave the roof. Uh, Joey. Rookies outshone recruits in round one. Real or shit talk? 
Oh, that's real talk. I think you're right there. I think some of the uh, first-year players stood up. Harry Sheasel was unbelievable. The most disposals in about 35 years on debut. Cam McKenzie at the Hawks was really good. A lot of youngsters actually played really good footy. And then you think about some of the high-priced recruits and how much they struggled. Jack Gunston, Jack Gunston couldn't get near it. Dan McStay couldn't get near it. Luke Jackson, Luke Jackson. couldn't get near it. Yeah. So Rory Lobb. Rory Lobb did not get near it. And he's gone in for surgery, though. He had some ankle issues. But, yeah, you're right. I think, no doubt, some of the big-name recruits struggled in their first game in New Colours and a couple of the youngsters, Sean. So, very good question. Hey, one more for you. Scott Penderbury will break Boomer Harvey's all-time games record. Oh, how many off is he? He's still about 70. We'll get that. Oh, 70. Nah, about, It's about three full years. Nah, shit tall. It, it comes quick. It comes quick to cliff. And I'm a, I'm a massive Scott Pendleby fan. He was pretty if good. If anyone can one. do it. He like, was pretty good. Yeah, he was great. Like, <laughs> he was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, look, I, I think you know, there's a reason Boomer's caught the record because he's, he's, um, he's one out of the absolute box. If anyone can do it, Pendleby can because of how – professional he is and I'd, I'd be cheering for it to happen because I love him as a player I love him as a bloke but uh, uh, look I think it's less likely than it is likely one off Instagram Joey um, I know you're, you're big on, on Insta Priv Phillips said this question in Joey the Kangas midfield will be as good as Melbourne's one day oh bold call I'm going real talk I think Whoa. there's I think there's potential for them to be as good as Melbourne's in the All future, right, give me because, the names. Okay, well, Luke, Luke Davis Uniac is ascending yeah. to a top ten player in the game. Yeah, uh, Jai Simpkin is a back to back best and fairest winner. Skipper still got some improvement in him. Good footballer. Then you've got yeah. Will Phillips, pick number three, who's going to take time, but will be a star. And they've got a kid called George Wardlaw who hasn't played a game yet. I'm telling you, Rui, oh, he is like gosh. he is a he is a machine. So he's going to be an elite midfielder, and maybe Harry Sheasel. He's going to start half back. He's going to play forward. He might end up being as good a midfielder as any of them from what we saw round one. They are high-quality talent. I think they have the potential to be as good as the Petrarca Oliver Viney one day, a few years away. I'm going to go real talk. They're missing the Ruckman, though, aren't they? They're missing a Ruckman, yes. They there need a Max, they so need a Max Gorn. They need, they need a Maxi. I, I forgot about that. Get a Maxi. That's a big ask yeah. to find a Maxi there Gorn. There you go. He's one of the all-time greats. Hey, good work, Rui. Loved uh, chatting to you again on this Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod. TikTok at footytalkpod. Have a good week, Rui. We'll do it all again next Tuesday. Listener.